Welcome back to another episode of Surviving 20s. Today on the show, we have a special guest by the name of Kristen. She will be discussing her transition from Christianity to African spirituality. I am doing excellent. How about you? Awesome. I'm tired, but I'm good nonetheless. <laughs> As a 20-something year old, um, what what would you like for the people to know about you? Mm, that's a good question. I'm free. Yeah. And that can be taken many different ways, and I like it that way. Okay, cool. I'm glad that you said something about that because your statement is about African spirituality, and I feel like there's a lot of liberation there that some people don't know of or afraid to even learn about. That's true. Or, yeah, that's, that's very true. Before we dive straight into that, what was your perception of God growing up, like, as a child? Mm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I had one. Um, and that was always kind of the problem for me. Um, growing up super old Southern Baptist um, and in a small town, um, you almost get to know God in a sense as like a a circle. Um, And if you step outside that circle or if you question of anything that goes on within that circle, then uh, you are wrong. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because a lot of times we are taught fire and brimstone, not love, grace and mercy, and actually a connection or a relationship. So it kind of lives, leave a distaste in our mouth. Like, does he even really love us? So like, what's, What's really good. Okay, I don't but- think that people truly know God till they get to know God for themselves. Right, right. And I know that your um your upbringing is very unique because you had two different perspectives. So mm-hmm. growing up, I know that you said that your mother was a uh, your grandmother was a Christian and your grandfather. Um, what exactly did he practice? Um, it's very hard to kind of pinpoint exactly what he practiced. So I've always kind of said um in the sense that he was agnostic. And that's to say that, granted, he was aware that there was a higher power, but it's something that he didn't feel there was enough knowledge in the world to prove that there was. So when it came to my grandfather, he kind of leaned more toward his lineage um, and his history more so than um, religion or something religious. Okay. How did that influence you and um, help prompt your journey? Um, it, influenced my, it influenced my entire life, honestly. Um, I say that to say, um, as we had spoke about before, um, my belief system is very odd to some people that don't know me because it's kind of a, a mashup between um, it's a mashup between knowledge and spirituality. Um, and I say that to say with my grandmother being, you know, Christian as she was and my mom, in a sense, also being Christian. Um, my grandfather was not like that. Um, I was used to growing up. And we're getting ready. Everybody's in the room to hold hands and bow their heads and pray. And I look up and my grandfather's looking straight. Um, and it was just something for a long time that was kind of confusing, I guess, because I was just like, why? Is he? <laughs> and it took me to get older um, to have the bravery enough to ask questions. And from asking questions, it, I feel like it just kind of kicked off my journey because I didn't speak about it much. But from when I was younger, I went through a, a very long period of time where I didn't believe in God at all. Oh, so when did everything come at a crossroads when you realized, like, you know what? Christianity is not for me. 
let me continue to do my research. When did you find that solace in your belief system or what you practice now? It took a while um, because between having the questions that I had and trying to ask those questions and not having people able to answer them or feeling like I did something wrong by asking those questions, um, that was a big part of, I guess you can say, which made me turn around. Um, and then I got to a point in my life where I used to be part of this acting um, theater troupe called Imagine That. Um, and of course, I won't say any names, but I had a particular friend uh, that was on that particular, uh, that was part of my group. And we did a show at a church and this young man had something very traumatic happen to him in life where you could visibly see that as a man, he had very much feminine weight. From that, this particular thing that we did was at a church, the play it was. For some reason, I could kind of pick up on the fact that they were almost badgering him in a sense, like not necessarily straight going for his sexuality. Um, long story short, there was a conversation that I had where he was very open about his sexuality and I watched a couple people condemn him. And for me, I don't know why that made me so angry, but I took that incident and it almost, I wouldn't say almost, it definitely made me shy away from the church. That I think that was like the first halt for me in itself. And um, I had to kind of go through different things in my life in general for me to understand and for God to show up in my life and show me who God was so that it made my relationship stronger with God internally more so than outwardly and what I've seen. Because I feel like I do agree with people when you hear people say, well, you know, you can't let the church turn you against God. You can't let the people, you know, put that sour taste in your mouth that makes you turn away from the foundation. And I did turn away from the foundation. And that was because I had to kind of learn who God was for myself. Okay. And with you learning who God was for yourself, how do you describe him or her or however you identify the spirit of God? Love, um, peace, um, triumph, and almost like a light at, a, at the end of any tunnel. I say that because in any, in every, out of everything that has happened in my life in general, God always shows up when I have least expected it, or yeah. even when I have felt undeserving of it. And in that instant, it's always kind of showed me who God was, especially those times where I felt undeserving. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that God is within. Okay, so so. It, it's sincerely something that I connect with within myself. And how can people connect within themselves? And I ask that because a lot of times, I know I have viewers, they be like, can you ask this? So some viewers may want to know, like, how do you connect within yourself to get that, to to have a connection with God? I really think that you got to sit down with yourself. And for me personally, I have to meditate before I pray. And that's so that my mind is clear for me to not only convey what I need to convey when, when I need to pray, but to hear him. Um, to hear him through, whether that's through other people in conversation, whether that's from a stranger on the street, whether that's when I walk outside and I feel the wind blow a certain way and it creates a feeling as it touches my skin. Um, it's so many places and different things to where I feel and understand God that I feel like you, you genuinely have to get right with yourself and your spirit in order to hear, hear him in every aspect of your life. Because I think that sometimes people think that the only connection that you can have with God is through church or prayer. And yeah. that's not it. 
Mm-mm. And I think that goes over so many people's heads. Like, yes, you even if, even if you go to church, I know some people don't read the Bible or whatever, but it says the church is within, like you are the church. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You're mentally clear, you're emotionally, you're physically mm-hmm. before you can even get whatever God is trying to send to you. With that being said, how did you transition into um, your lineage and praising your ancestors? How does all that come into play in your life? I was 16. Yeah, I was, I was 16. Um, and I don't know why, but it was so strong on me. I was at my grandparents' house and it was so strong on me to ask my grandfather uh, after all the years of watching the way that he moves the way my grandma moves and then the way they move as a unit. And then, you know, you have my mom and then it's just like, you know, after kind of observing everybody, I think at 16, it was just like, what does this man believe man? Like, what does this? <laughs> and I did. I, I asked one day, um, and my grandparents have two separate um, rooms. And what I mean by two separate rooms, they have their bedroom, but they also have rooms that kind of cater to who they are individually. Mm-hmm. Um, the best description of that is like my grandma's room has like her puzzle and her sewing and things of that nature and my grandfather had his room with like his cards his jazz um, lots of books on history you know the bearskin and all the different things and this was a room that I used to go into uh, faithfully so it was a room I kind of like traveled into when I was younger faithfully and I, I say my grandfather was a big history book so it had like all different kinds of books, newspaper clippings, like old school, um, Muhammad Ali, you know, like different things and that's it. So I asked him one day, I was just kind of like, you know, Papa, what do you believe in? And uh, it just, it took a roll, girl. Like it just, it started rolling. And from there, I remember the first question him asking me was, um, how do you know who God is? And I said, okay, well, I know who God is because, you know, mama taught me who God was. Grandma taught me who God was. And he let me know. He said, so you only know who God is through what somebody has taught you or told you. And I don't think anybody has ever really said that to me. And from that moment, it was like a moment of realization that that was the truth. Like, I only knew who God was through what I had been taught. So he said, if your mom and your grandma told you that God was a chicken, then you would believe God was a chicken. And then it dawned on me that if that was something that I was taught, I never went and I never went to seek my own truth in something. I never knew who God was for myself. I only knew who God was from the, the things that people had taught me. From that spin, and my mind was spinning because <laughs> it was it was that realization like, dang, he's telling the truth. Um, he gave me a book and it was called the egyptian book of life and death and i sat in that room and read through that book for the longest and i will never forget the first symbol i came upon was the arm and i had such a fascination with the meaning that it just continued to roll um, from a knowledge standpoint to know different things um far as the history and what your ancestors bore from and what you come from and in a sense, what you feel like is your culture, your lineage. And from there, I think I continued to just spiral and journey and learn. And as I got older, again, even with me taking that knowledge and spinning off, I I got to a point where I really was giving my reverence more to my history, my past, my lineage. And God was not a huge factor in my life at that point in time. And then I had something in my life happen to where I felt like God had to show me who God was 
And that spent off me getting to have my personal relationship with God and it growing at the same time I was discovering things about my history. And I found a piece that I felt like I could have both. I felt like I could know who I was as, you know, as a black woman and what I came from and what my grandparents came from and what their parents came from and also give my praise and my reverence to God in itself. Okay. And can you explain that? Cause I know that we had talked about that, but does that look like praising him within your own home? Does that look like going to church or what does that look like for you? Um, for me personally, I'm not a big church goer. I am not a big Bible reader. Uh, and for me, a day to day of me giving my praise and my reverence is, you know, it even boils down to, I want to say this the right way. And I say the right way so that it makes sense for other people. Um, for me, it is waking up in the morning and turning on my singing bowl frequencies and having that moment of just me in my mind that whether it's a mental silence and there's noise in the background, I have to have that moment of breathing. I have to have that moment to do away with all negative thoughts so that my mind is clear. And when I go into that moment and after I'm done, I feel like I can hear God and I can convey myself the right way to where not only can I hear God, but I feel like he can hear me. Like I don't have a worry in my heart because I know that he hears me. And so then comes my prayer and my prayer is more so um, out loud talking because that works for me versus kind of having a moment where I feel like everybody thinks that you have to have this specific word order, you know, when it comes to praying and it doesn't work like that for me. Um, I genuinely have a conversation with God. As it should be, as it should be. So how did you, uh, and this is the exciting part for me. So I know that you said that you pronounced me, if I'm saying it wrong, you went to a Baba, what is it called? Um, So I actually have not. But most people, no, I have not. That's actually something I I still want to do. So a lot of people, when it comes to African spirituality, and they have those moments of worshiping different deities, Mm -hmm. um, in reality, you can do your study to figure out what deity is for the path of your life. But in actuality, most people are supposed to go through a Babalowo to figure out and do a, a certain ritual so that you can figure out what deity is for the path of your life. Um, I have not done that yet. That's something that I actually want to do. Okay. Um, they have a, um, but they have IFA Fest every year in Beaufort. Um, they have a big festival. And granted, you can go down there and do it, but you almost have to do a lot of bit of your research so that you don't end up in any type of scams. Um, but that's actually what I've been leaning towards wanting to do. And I say this to say it's like a never ending journey. Like it just continues and continues. You continue to grow and you continue to know and you continue to find out so many different things about your ancestors. And it's such a a power in it. I'm not surprised that I feel like these days it's becoming a trend. That part. part, And we will talk about that, but more about you. So I know when we talked, <laughs> you were like that you had an altar and um, mm-hmm. you were telling me what was not African spirituality, what was. And for you, like, what kind of prompted you to have that altar? Or like, I know it's about your, uh, your reference to your ancestors, but what was kind of like, let me pull the trigger and go full fledged. Research. Um, reading 
Um, I have a book called, and don't let me mess the name of my book up, The Way of the Orisa. And in that book, it lets you know a breakdown of each deity in a sense far as um, what to bring to your altar to give that reverence or what to bring to your altar to have or receive that blessing. Um, it gives you their background stories, you know what I mean? What they, you know what I mean? Almost in a sense, I can't even compare it to that, but that in itself has kind of took me to the next step for that. And granted, why I have not made it the full, the full circle way of what I'm what I'm referring to when I say that I would like to find a Babylon, so I know exactly what I am giving reverence to in my altar. Um, my altar is in also a reverence to my ancestors in itself, so it has a lot of real people for me. Um, my grandfather, who is no longer here, um, that is even though that is somebody is leading my path that's not here anymore. So I try my best to give reverence to that every single day. Um, I, that's also something I'm still growing in as a whole. So even from my author, you meet people that give that reference and give that, um, that worship to Oshun, Sango, um, Yemiya. But I, it's almost a thing that you can't connect that full piece and kind of till you do that study, unless you come from that heritage as a whole. Like as in your the people around you still practice it. So when you disclosed to your family, you know what you were doing. Did you get any side eyes, or was it like you know what? Hey, we one big family, so it is what it is. It's funny because I've never disclosed it to them. It's never been something that I've just been straight out and talked about. And I say that to say, even from my friends, it's. Uh, even from my friends it's one of those things where as African Americans we fear what we don't know and if you as an individual have not took it to research it yourself and you I feel like you hear it from another person's mouth there's so many things that you could discredit it's so many things you could say that um well that's not the right thing or that's not the right way or this is not the correct information and in reality, um, religion practices whatever it's your version of the truth that you say. It's your interpretation of what you read and what you learned. Yeah. And it's not something I've ever really disclosed to my family. Um, again, it's one of those things that I feel like it's very personal in yeah. a sense. And uh, even when I came out that room with my grandfather after learning all the things that I did, and my grandma was like, all right, you know your papa crazy, you go in there and pray. <laughs> so it's one of those things like I feel like it's it's super taboo for you to be able to say oh God is the center of your life but you do xyz it's not something that people feel like can coexist at all especially living in the upstate like maybe in the low country it's more prevalent mm-hmm. but in the upstate is not at that all. is very much so the truth how do you feel about um it being a trend now and i hate to say that it's a trend because i don't want to disrespect anyone in their practices but mm-hmm. it truly is becoming that with beyonce or now everyone is selling crystals and everybody's in in, in earth but no one is giving the proper um information how do you feel about that mm, i don't like it but it's also one of those things that I can't, again, I can't discredit whatever it is that you, what journey you want to go about. I think that you can always kind of know when some, when it's something is just a trend for somebody. And it's more than anything, what makes it a trend is social media. Yeah, that's, it's always odd to me when I see people rocking their like diamond studded up or 
you know, <laughs> or just something. And I'll ask that person, which I have plenty of times, especially people that are close to me. I'll be like, what do you know about that? And it'll always give me this answer. Well, they always give me this answer to let me know that they don't really know anything about it, that it's just something that they like. They yeah. don't know the power behind it. They don't know the history behind it. And it's like, I never want to be one of those people to kind of like chop at you about something. That something that I'm still learning every day myself. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just like, why is this a trend? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I watched The Grapevine on YouTube. And uh, it's a people of the diaspora. And they were saying, you know, we love seeing African-Americans celebrate these religions or cultures but you need to be careful because you don't know what you're bringing into your home mm-hmm. and sometimes you could be bringing in negative energy because you're not doing things properly and you don't mm-hmm. know and right. i feel like even if you don't um believe or even if you feel like you don't want to make that transition we still need to be respectful and making sure that we're not appropriating because that's what's going on now and that's always gonna be I feel like a super big question. Yeah. And I say that to say that we have a culture, but we also don't necessarily know our past. And I think that automatically black people as a whole, we are, we come from so many different types of lineages. I mean, from, from everything. And because at the end of the day, if you, if you're coming from Haiti, you're still black. If you're coming from, if you're coming from Jamaica, you're still black. So it's like, we've literally come and born from so many different places. I just think that that's the part of seeking your own truth. You know what I mean? Like doing the, doing the work, doing the history and making that truth from what you study. And I only say that because in reality, we will never know. You only feel at peace as far as what you learn in your spirit and what feels right. I mean, you you can meet a million people in the, in the world that study every darn thing, but it doesn't necessarily what proves to you that makes it right. And that's that's true. And I think that's where I don't know. I, I'm a big I'm a big person on just respecting everyone in their beliefs and their culture because we'll never know. Right. And, because I don't think that it's like as an African American. And then, you know, you'll have people that you meet and they say, okay, well, Africans don't even like African-Americans. And then, you know, you go over here and it's like, okay, well, I came from over here. And they're like, okay, well, they don't even like this. This this happened this way and this happened that way. And you got carried over here. In reality, unless you just do your research and unless you just study and what you feel in your spirit and what gives power to you in your spirit, I feel like those are your ancestors. That's what you came from. That's the history and the lineage in which you came from. Have, were you at any time afraid when you embraced your ancestors of like the unknown? Because I know we talked and you said that it is very powerful and you can get a sense of power. But if you're not understanding what you're receiving, it can be scary. Very much so. Um, because just like, just like God orchestrates things in your life, there are people that are dead and gone who also move your path in your life as well. So it's one of those things, like, just like you see God work, you'll see your ancestors work certain things in your life. And if it's not something that you're open to embracing or something that you're ready for, that type of power will make you nervous. That type of, that will make you scared a little bit in a sense. In, and in a sense, it's to me, it's the same as like when you, when God is working in your life and you get those, you get that chills and yeah. you get that praise and you get that. And I just, yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's very similar. And I think even from a vision standpoint, you know, once you start getting different visions, once you start 
elevating to certain to certain talents and powers that you've had in your life all your life and you've always kind of known it but then when you start tapping into certain different things you start seeing it clearer and then it gets scary for you especially being that how we're raised culturally it's certain things can tiptoe on that line of like magic that that makes people creeped out i don't know i think the spiritual power and magic are so close together in a sense that it just it it scares people so what would you say are your um your powers um I see visions in my dreams Um, and anything that I am able to dream and when I wake up, I can remember it. It happened. It's it always has been that way since I was younger. And like I just really like I just said, it's one of those moments where when I first started kind of tapping into myself, um, the things around me as a whole, because. I give reverence to God. I give reverence to my ancestors. I give reverence to the things that give me life, which will be, you know, the sun, the trees, bees, this, a lot of things the earth cannot exist without. So it's one of those moments of when I started seeing it clearer, I just kind of tapped into it. So now it's at a point where when I have a dream and I wake up and I remember it, I know that it's not just a dream, it's a message. Mm-hmm. And how have you been able to utilize those messages? It helps me walk through everyday life. It saves me from certain things. Sometimes it gives me confirmation of certain things. And sometimes it just is what it all boils down to. It's a message. Yeah. I've, okay. I've had people who are no longer here speak to me in my dreams. Um, let me know what directions I need to take. Uh, when to sit still. When to go. You know, and it's just, it's always been like that. Yeah. And I think that when people hear people say that, they look at you like you're crazy. And then, you know, I, I really feel like you you only seem crazy to people when you talk to them like that. And those are people that live in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, especially when it comes to death, like I've had dreams that person is going to go on the other side and then that's thing you know, they've passed. Sometimes the things that we dream are a pinch of reality and it's like, it's up to you, like you said, to tune in with it and utilize it and don't be afraid of it. And I don't think we were taught that you got it. It's already in you. But I know that we talked about, um, things that are and aren't um, African spirituality. And I know that you said crystals, the tarot cards, those things aren't. So why do you think that those things get clumped into that? Because they're a spiritual practice. And I think that people think um, giving, you know, well, giving praise to your ancestors is a spiritual practice. Meditation is a spiritual practice. Um, It just doesn't necessarily belong to the African religion. Um, And you know, having your crystals is necessarily not a African spiritual practice, but it is something that I just loop into everything for me. Because for me, I think spirituality is more so of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think that religion is in it's, it's a lifestyle, but I think religion is more so, huh? It's supposed to be, yeah. But religion is more so to me a lifestyle that kind of puts you um, in a box, and it says, "Hey, um, you do anything outside of this box, and you're in trouble." Yeah. And for me, um, I just if that's a lot of the reason I've never labeled myself as a Christian because I don't want to bog myself in that box. I don't think that a person has a heaven or a hell to put me in. Um, and I think again, it's like I said, it's 
it's more so of a concept of a lifestyle and that you know who you are at heart and that's true and i and i hate that like as somebody that believes in god that believes in the holy trinity when you actually like read and study and have a relationship it's like we are really leading people astray when we're supposed to be the light of this earth and advocating for people even if we don't agree with who they are we're supposed to love them where did mm-hmm. we miss the mark you know <laughs> i don't think that I, it's crazy because i don't think that you know like we had spoke about before when it comes to religion has just kind of traveled from what we knew it to something totally different much um, so, much so. totally um, different and i just took, took the time to not allow the outside buildup of the things that what has happened in my life um, to turn me away from God. So I know that you know, I know that you say that research is um, something that you're very big on when it comes to spirituality, but is there anything else that you would recommend people that want to make a transition from Christianity to African spirituality? I say no only because, well, I can't say it's just so broad. And I think that finding peace in yourself and in your life will help you with your transition bigger than anything because i feel like if you have so much chaos in your life or if your head is very clouded you really won't know which way to go and your spirit is gonna always tell you which way to go because people will have asked me before well no you can't do both how do you think that you can do both and you know god is this type of god god is that type of god but if i feel at peace in myself and i feel my spirit feels at peace when i seek anything that i feel the need to seek then i feel like there's god within me saying that i know who you are i know what journey you're already going to take and that's okay um and i think that if you meet different instruments of god you know and you meet different people who have more ties to when it comes to what's on the paper biblically you're always going to look at me as i'm wrong or i'm in i'm in the wrong and i'm very comfortable being in where i am that's that's true you have to be in uncomfortable places when you are being at peace with yourself i think nipsey huxley said like do you want to be at peace with yourself and war with the world or be at peace with the world and have war within yourself and you have to figure out which one works for you right so let me ask you a question being at a being a person who grew up um with a religious background am i correct yeah with a religious background how do you view people that do both that engage in both that's a lot of question um it is <laughs> so i do I've always been taught that God is a re, um, a jealous God. He wants all his praise and glory to, to him. Um, but I feel like God is so much bigger than the Bible. And I say that because, you know, before my grandmother died, like I had dreams of her actively dying. Um, when she died, after she died, she's always visited me. I've always smelt her on me, you know, and it's just like, well, you say that, you know, the dead is the uh, the ones that are deceased or with God, but it's like, well, why am I having all these things happening to me? Why can't mm-hmm. I see, have dreams and have visions and they come uh, full fruition? So I don't know. That's why I say that I respect everyone because I, I don't know and I don't have an answer to everything, you know? Um, yeah. I think that, I think that you're not... 
I think that you maybe give, like you said, you're giving reverence, you're giving respect. And I don't think that's no difference between going to the cemetery and giving flowers. I agree. That's a good point. You know, um, and I know I'll probably get hell for this, but it's just, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, people say, well, this is witchcraft and this is this. And it's like, but we, when I talk, when I pray, I plead the blood of Jesus over me. You get what I'm saying? And like, even when you read the Old Testament and how many things were African, well, let's face it, the Bible was in Africa, but whatever. How many things are so connected? It's just not as many deities. You get what I'm saying? So it's just mm-hmm. like, I can't, I don't know. But I like, I guess this is also why I've always been confused by when people, you know, they do say, well, this is a witch and this and this and that. But I think people fail to realize that all of our witches and healers uh, we're our doctors exactly and um that's, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> so even like with myself like learning about roots and 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 understanding that it's really knowing the herb herbs and knowing what to take and what not to take yes there's a dark side in anything but it's just like yes. wow like i can't really speak on certain things when i'm still learning myself right and i i get that wholeheartedly but the fact that you're even open to having a conversation, you're even open to um, listening and learning without just jumping into it and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it. That's still a beautiful thing in itself. That's still a first step into anything. But I don't think that, I don't think that uh, when I decide to get sick and I choose to go and grab my herbs and I decide to, to boil them, to boil them, to take them, to chop them up in my smoothie and, you know, heal myself that I'm doing any type of spells or witchcrafts or thing like that because it's like what in what um it's almost like what in the Bible or what in any history of God and Jesus and those things of that nature that's you know, you know, go to the doctor, give me these pills that help some things but mess up something else. And that like <laughs> like you just don't understand <laughs> I have these conversations always and even with just when people say, well, you just pray and you step fast and it's like, but no, God said he gave me the dominion and the power. So yes, I'm going to consult him, but there's things on this earth since I have the power that I'm going to do. And people look at you like, wait, so you actually walk it like you talking? Yes, I do. Do I mess up? I do. But that's where that grace and mercy comes from. And I can't, I can't, I cannot live my life authentically because I know I can go back to him. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I don't know. I think it's beautiful to see when people are practicing different things and how much you see love and support. But then it's like, mm-hmm. when you come to your side, it's kind of like so hypocritical or so this and that. If we never agree on beliefs, one thing we can do is honor and respect. And that's, I agree. that's just who I am. So it's different. It is. Because I'm into crystal too. Like, I'm into, like, essential oils. Like, I'm into all of that because I understand the mind, body, and the soul. Right. But you feel comfort in being into those things because you've researched those things, right? Yeah. Because you know the background of those things. And that is making your transition or to practice those things outside of what you know easier. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. When you know about something, when you've researched something, you move in confidence about it. You speak in confidence about it. So that kind of goes back to my point of what we were talking about earlier as far as that that helps your transition. 
yeah. that learning, that researching, because you have enough confidence to think about what you research. And it's kind of, it's a funny thing because you can take a African priest that will tell you, okay, you need to chop a chicken's head off for you to give reverence to this deity to have this happen for you in your life or this work. And they say, oh, okay, well, that's sacrifice and that, that's witchcraft. But then, and don't quote me, I mean, I don't, of course, not if I'm wrong, but isn't the lamb the sacrificial animal when it comes to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even with the Passover, I think a lot of people don't understand that when you read the Bible, like they had altars that they built. And if you committed a sin, it would get, you get a bull, you get certain things, you, they would slice it, the priest would put it on to um, the altar and then burn it so the fumes could go up to God. And then it's funny because God even said like, you know, stop, stop making sacrifices because they don't mean nothing to me because you have not changed. And Mm -hmm. people don't read that. And the only thing now is I feel like we as believers, we as Christians, we don't, we're not doing blood sacrifices anymore because Jesus was the ultimate blood sacrifice. So now it's just Mm -hmm. make your everyday liver sacrifice. So make sure that you're honoring me. These are things that I told you to honor me by. So do that. And a lot of people, I feel like people, people, sometimes people find comfort that Christianity is sophisticated and we don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. tomato, tomato. Um, I know that mm-hmm. you have prayer meditation, your ancestors and God um, as your, you know, your way of lifestyle and coping. What else do you, what else do you practice? Because on Surviving 20s, we always ask people like, what's in their survival kit? What helps them get through life? So do you have anything else? Um, my biggest two, honestly, um, number one, it's got to be grounding. Um, the best, the best healing property for me per se. And I feel like as an adult, you need to figure out a healing property that is not advice. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's nature. It's outside. Um, it is something, it has always been something about grounding for me, taking my shoes off, mm-hmm. um, touching the earth, my feet touching the earth, um, whether I'm laying outside, whether I'm just sitting on the stoop outside, whether I am just being in the sun. It's, it's something about it that just pulls everything from you. Or even it just reminds me that I'm alive. So that for me, that is always going to be my number one on my self-care kit. Like, if I'm losing my mind throughout the week, <laughs> I need to do something outside yeah. where most people don't like outdoors. But they be like, I'm going to be sweating. And just, no, I love being outside. Um, my second one would be dancing. Oh, wow. Well, you, you dance? Girl, my thing when I say dance, it, I, I like to joy dance. Like, okay. legit, just whether that you turn on your favorite song and just be being silly. And whether it be Marvin Gaye in the middle of the day for me. Um, and I love to do it when I'm tasking. What I mean by that, whether if I told myself, you know what, I'm going to go buy a couple baskets and I'm going to rearrange the entire bottom of my seat and sort them by what I use, what I don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm going to go upstairs and reconstruct my closet. And in the in between, as I'm doing those things, I just enjoy moving my hip. Not in, even in a not even like a twerking form, just moving. You know what I mean? Like I kind of like feeling my joy. Cause yeah. if there's a certain song on 
you just you can't deny it. It's like it's it's in your hips to kick, you know, just move. Mm-hmm. And then you just I just feel good. So for me, those are always gonna be in my self care kits because that's kind of what makes me feel. Um, and I want to say I really got one more thing that I just feel like I do for the most part um, all the time. And honestly, I've really got into um, I can't even say lately. But I've gotten back into working out. Yeah. So when you hear surviving 20s, what does that mean to you? Survival, girl. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people... <laughs> no, I say that because there are so many things that you go through in your 20s, like transition-wise. Like, it's like constant transition, mm-hmm. like, from each age. Like, it's it's the oddest thing. And I think you chose the right word, which was survival. Surviving your 20s. Think about every transition that you go through from 20 all the way to 30. And I'm 29. So I literally feel like I had to survive my 20s. Like where it's fun, you go through so many different transitions, whether it's relationship, whether it's friends, whether it's religion, whether it's um, defining yourself and who you want to be, learning the wrong things about yourself, learning the right things about yourself. <laughs> and it's, it, that, it's like this. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you know, you'll be having this moment of like a finally you hit a plateau and everything seems going good and something just comes out nowhere like smack. And it's like what you gonna do with being smacked? You gonna fight back? You you gonna fall down? You gonna give up? So I, that's what comes to my mind when surviving twenties. It's it's all about survival. Awesome. You gonna figure out if you are a warrior or a princess or both. Exactly. Well, thank you for being on the show and giving your um your perspective of everything and your transformation and then just being on your journey. I feel like a lot of people will love this episode because it's a taboo topic, but it might as well be, you know, told and celebrated at the end of the day. Whatever gives you peace, whatever gives you solace, that's what you should hold on dear to. Agreed. Well, thank you for having me.